Welcome. Uh, I'm excited. We are doing a new series today. Uh, for those of you that are new, welcome. We're a brand new church. We just launched on Easter, so we've been around for a couple months. Uh, we did a really great series um, about Jesus and just what he brings us. It was about the gospel and all the things that we get to have in Jesus, and we kind of t- talked about a different topic each week. This is our first time going through a book of the Bible. So we're going to be going through the book of First John. And uh, one cool thing um, about going through a series like this is you and your time at home, your time with God, uh, you can read through First John, you can read it again, you can read it again, you can read it again, and this is what we're going to be in uh, for the next couple months. Now, the title of the series is Loved to Love. And the idea is what you see in this picture here. Uh, the idea is that God's love, we are, this, we are this sponge, and God's love pours out onto us. And as God's love pours out onto us, you see what happens uh, at the bottom of the sponge. The, the water naturally pours out. Now, um, I have a water pitcher here we're going to use throughout the series to demonstrate. I'm not going to be pouring this anywhere because it would make uh, quite a mess that I don't want to clean up. But uh, you get the same idea. When I, when I pick the sponge up out of the water, what do you see happen? The water drips out. I'm not even doing anything. I'm just holding the sponge, and it drips out. Because the sponge, us, has soaked itself in God's love. God's love is the water. And as the, as the sponge, us as a Christian, as we soak ourselves in God's love, look what happens when we go out into the world. God's love drips from us. Now, this picture represents God's love, and if I were to, to pour it like you see in the, in the picture here, it would, it would, you would see God's love flowing from the pitcher into the sponge. Uh, but, but really, an even better metaphor would be to put the sponge under the faucet and to turn the faucet on, because God's love never runs out. It never runs out. It's not like the water in here. It's not limited. But even better analogy than the faucet would be if I could go to Lake Michigan and we could stand at Lake Michigan or we could stand at the Atlantic Ocean and just put the sponge in the ocean or into Lake Michigan and pull out. That water never runs out. Uh, It would be like going outside in a downpour of rain and holding the sponge out and the rain just pours and pours and pours onto uh, the sponge. Now, like I said, this sponge represents us as a Christian. Uh, the, the purpose of a, of a sponge is not to, to be dry. You can't do much with a dry sponge, right? And, 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 and there's a lot of people in our world that are living life dry, people that don't know God's love. And if you look at the world, Lucero mentioned this earlier in our discussion time, this has been a heavy week And the last few weeks, the last few months, the last few years have felt so heavy. And they felt dry, haven't they? When you look at the world, you have to wonder, where is the hope? And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, or if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, you have to ask yourself, where is your hope? The world doesn't have hope. The world doesn't have hope to offer us. It is, it, is a, it is dry. It is a dry place. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, the purpose of the sponge is not just to float in the water. It's not just to come to church. It's not just to come hear how much God loves you. God loves you. He 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 loves you. 
That's not the end of the story. The purpose isn't to live in the water pitcher. The purpose is to get soaked in his love and then what I call drip Jesus everywhere you go. And I'm not even trying. There's not work involved in this because I soaked myself in God's love. And this is what God's love does. Now, when the water starts running out, guess what? You just go right back in. And then you leave and you drip Jesus. Now, some sermons in this series, they're gonna be more about the water pouring onto the sponge. Some of 1 John, he's like, God loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And we're gonna be doing a lot of this in 1 John. Other parts of 1 John, they are all about the drip of Jesus. They are all about loving others. And he makes some strong statements in 1 John about loving others as, as evidence of being a Christian. He makes some strong statements. And we'll get to some of that today as well. But that's what's cool about going through a whole book of, a, of the Bible. We get to see uh, th- this, this beautiful, holistic message uh, that, that John has for us. Uh, both are very important. Both are very important. Um, does anybody want to swim in this water? Does anybody want to take a big scoop uh, out of your, 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 your coffee cup this morning and take a big chug of this water? No, this is disgusting. This is a stagnant pond. This is what happens when water comes into a place and doesn't move. This is what happens over time. Water comes into a place and doesn't move. How often is the church like this? God's love moved into a place, but it never moved. It was a stagnant pond. This is not the design. But at the same token, you can't pour water out of a dry sponge. right? You, you, you have to have the water but you have to go out. So we're gonna talk about that constant process that you see in this image of the water going in and the water coming out and the water going in and the water coming out. So in your groups, uh, so if you're new, welcome. We like to do this every Sunday. We do a little intro to the sermon and then give you a chance to just kind of get your cogs moving a little bit. None of the questions are, are threatening or, or super deep. We just wanna get you thinking. We're gonna take five minutes Describe the people whose love has impacted you the most. And again, uh, you don't have to be a Christian to answer these questions. We, we see we, uh, we, the, the people that, you know, you can, you can answer these however you want to answer them. Um, describe the people whose love has impacted you the most in your life. Just describe who they are, characteristics of them, what that was like. And then number two, what are small ways you can drip love this week? Or if you're a follower of Jesus, you could rephrase that. What are small ways you can drip Jesus this week in your life? So take five minutes, and then I'll be back up here. All right. I know you're in the thick of a great conversation, and only half of you got to share, but hopefully you're, you're building some good relationships and can continue the conversation after church uh, at the cookout. But if you can break away, I interrupt your uh, your, your train of thought and, and turn your attention back this way. That would be awesome. Um, so we're just gonna jump into 1 John. If you have, a, if you have a, a Bible like Pastor Adriel, paper Bible, bust that thing open. Feel free to pull out your app if you got it on your phone and uh, we'll have it up here on the screen 
as well. And we're going to be going through the first chapter and a couple verses into the second chapter today. So uh, it begins by saying, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen, what we have heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Now, we, we've talked about this in the intro. Uh, our world is very dry. Our world is, is void of hope. It's, and, and here, I would, I, would, I would go as far as to say our, our world is in a state of despair. And, and notice how most of what the world has to offer is just a numbing agent. It's a numbing agent to the despair. And, and, and here John, in this intro to his book, he's giving an invitation to a dry world saying, dive in, dive in. What Jesus has to offer you, who Jesus is, is life itself. Jesus is the word of life. In verse 3, he says, fellowship with God. What does fellowship mean? This is a good picture of fellowship right here. Fellowship is, is an intimate relationship with another person, with a friend. It is a, it is a two-way friendship. Uh, fellowship with God is not a one-way relationship. It's a two-way relationship that God invites you into. John is very clear as he begins his book. He says, we have seen Jesus. We are eyewitnesses to Jesus. We've experienced Jesus. We've experienced his life on this earth, and we've experienced him working in us, working in our lives. He's the word of life. Do you need life? Jesus is the word of life. He brings eternal life. And he's literally just saying, dive in. Dive in, dive in, dive in. He ends his intro by saying, my joy is complete, our joy is complete when I share this message with you. When I drip Jesus, then my joy is complete. If you feel like you're lacking joy in your life, it could be because God has given you a beautiful gift, but that gift is meant to be shared. That gift is meant to be put on display to the world. We're meant to be change agents in a dry world. We're meant to go around the world like this. And when we do this in the world, and we saturate it with God's love, our joy becomes complete. Isn't that amazing? Our joy becomes complete when, I, when we drip Jesus. Now, um, if you're new, you don't have to do this. <laughs> if you trust me, you've been here a while, close your eyes. You're like, I don't trust Noah. I don't know what he's going to do to me. Mario knows better. He just left the room. He's like, I'm not doing anything Noah says. <laughs> he's going right back out. All right, close your eyes for a moment. Honestly, close your eyes if you feel comfortable. Um, how do you feel when your eyes are closed? Not, not like sleepy and, and whatnot. But how do you feel with closed eyes and this random dude up front? My eyes are open. How do you feel? Give me a couple words out loud. Vulnerable. Very. You're very vulnerable. Yeah. What else? Anything else? Adriel, you got something? Vulnerable. Okay. Does anybody feel comfortable 
I need a couple people to do this. Victoria, you got one? Comfortable, because you trust me? <laughs> All right, does anybody feel comfortable? To stand up with your eyes closed. I just need a couple people to do it so I can ask you how you feel. Okay, stand up with your eyes closed. Just stand up, close your eyes. Okay, you don't know where I'm gonna ask you next. How do you feel standing up with your eyes closed? Nervous, on guard? Yeah, you should be. <laughs> and I got water up here. <laughs> okay, you're nervous, you're on guard, you're vulnerable. Anything else? I'd be scared if I was you, that's how I'd feel. Okay, now what if I were to say, those of you that are standing up, I want you to go get me some piping hot coffee from the coffee bar. Your eyes have to be closed the whole time um, and go get that for me right now. How would you feel? <laughs> it's all you. It's all you. Okay, uh, you can have a seat. You can open your eyes back up again. Okay, um, our world is dark. We're about to jump into verse five, and John talks about dark and light. That's why I want you to experience darkness for just a moment. John's talking about the world is dark, but Jesus is light. Okay, our world is dark. Look around our world. I don't need to give you lots of examples. It's a dark place. It's so convoluted. Someone told me this week, it feels like Satan has just set all this up and is just eating his popcorn, watching it all unfold. The world is a dark place. Place. Let's see what John says about the darkness and the light. Verse five, he says, this is the message we've heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. So what you just experienced in darkness, the vulnerability, the fear, the being on guard, none of that is in God. He's verse six, he says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, this is our fellowship with God, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So John has already said he's life, and now he's saying he is light. He's saying, open those eyes. You're standing up with your eyes closed, you're feeling on guard, you're feeling vulnerable, you're feeling unsafe, and John says, Jesus came so that you'd open your eyes. He's the light. Open your eyes. Dive in to this life that you have in Jesus. Let the sun shine in. The S-U-N and the S-O-N. Let Jesus shine in to the darkness. Now, I told you John has some hard statements throughout his book. Verse 6 is one of them. He says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, if I claim to be a Christian, if I claim to be a believer, and yet I walk in the darkness, this is an ongoing life of conscious sin and rebellion against God. And, and I say, you, you know if that's you. You know if you're faking it. You know if you're putting on a front. He says, if we do that, we lie, and uh, we do not live out the truth. Uh, so our friend Josh Liggins is preaching next week. He's uh, down in kids' church today, and we were talking this week, and he came up with this, this metaphor. I got to give him credit. He said, it's kind of like if you say you're a vegan, and then you eat meat all the time. You can say it all you want. You can put it out on Facebook that you're a vegan, but when I see you eating meat, okay. So uh, we go down sound back there for the computer, 
Uh, we got just this little funny commercial. If you've seen this from Progressive Insurance, uh, this is pretty funny. So just watch this. It, this is verse six uh, in, in action here. Son, we're grabbing burgers for dinner if you're interested. Uh, I'm vegan, Walter. You had bacon for breakfast. Okay, Mr. Perfect. Want to really be a rebel? Get off your parents' car insurance. All right. If you hopefully could catch all that as dad... First of all, he's like 50, and he's living at home still, which is awesome. And, and his dad says, we're going out for burgers if you want to come, son. He's like, Walter, I'm a vegan. Son, you had bacon for breakfast. And then his response, like we respond, okay, Mr. Perfect. So great. Um, so John's going to go there. He's going to go there, right? And, and next week, Josh's sermon particularly talks a lot, a lot about that. Uh, but, but the point of this, when, when he gives that warning in verse 6, it's not to scare you. It's not to get you to question your faith. The point is to walk in the light. He's saying the light is so much better. Verse 7, shout out to 90s DC talk, anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Kyle, we'll get that going up here with the praise team. Uh, that'll be our, our invitational song today. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. I just have to have a little nostalgia every once in a while of walking in the light. Um, so the point John's making is walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. Why would you walk in the darkness when you have the light? And every sin you struggle with, every sin I struggle with, we have to ask ourselves, and even in this moment, go before God and say, is your way be better than my way, God? Is my way better than your way? Because that's really what sin is about. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But God wants to free us from the darkness. He wants to bring us into the light as he is in the light. So I've talked about this little thing called sin. We had to buy this table because I had so many props today. Okay, so um, this is Silly Putty, one of my favorite inventions, one of the greatest inventions, I really believe, of all time. You have the wheel, the light bulb, Silly Putty. That's right up there. Okay, uh, Silly Putty is my... Um, my daughter, call, you know, fidgets, my, but they have, kids have those. This is mine. I, I usually have it on me anytime I'm at my computer. Um, and uh, the way I like to just to have a, a picture of, of what sin is, you know, God created the world. God created humanity. And so for this illustration, just for illustration speaking, I'm going to pretend to be God. And he's creating uh, the world. He's creating us. And he creates a human Adam, Eve. Now, whenever I create humans out of silly putty, they look more like starfish. God created those too, so we're good. He created starfish and humans. But just pretend like this is a, a human, okay? That's a human. Adam, Eve, you, me. Now, what happened in Genesis 3 is we went to God. God created us. This is fellowship, by the way. God in us. This is how it was meant to be. This is how the world was meant to be. Us in fellowship with God with no sin. And what happened in Genesis 3 is rebellion. Sin is rebellion. That's what it is. Sin it was this little silly putty man or woman giving God the silly putty middle finger, which I'll put up right there. That's the silly putty middle finger. We gave it to God and we said, I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you to be my king. I want to be my own king. I'm done with you and I am going to go over here. So I have no idea how our little starfish is going to hold up here. 
our little silly putty man. But that's, that's us. And God, oh man, I'm gonna make that thing feedback if I go too far, aren't I, Mario? Okay, God's way over here now. Not that God left. The metaphor would be that we left. God was always right here, and we left. And there's this huge separation now between us and God because of our sin. We rebelled against God. And every time we sin, we're just continuing in that rebellion. So if you want to know where the dryness comes from in the world, this is where it comes from. We're over there. God's over here. Right at the communion table, <laughs> waiting for us to come back. This is, this is why the world is dry. This is why the world is dry. I don't know why my wife's laughing right now. It makes me nervous. Um, this is where the dryness comes from because God's the source of life. What did John just say at the beginning of the book? He is life. He's life. He's life. He's life. What happens when you separate yourself from life? Death, dryness, despair. Okay, this is the story of scripture. This is the story of humanity is right here, okay? So I want you to know what sin is because John, we just read this one, at the end of verse seven, Jesus purifies us from all sin. I wanna know about that. I want you to know about how to be purified from all sin. And John's gonna keep going, talking about sin. In verse eight, he says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Now, you want to be saved? You want to know Jesus? You want to get back into fellowship with him the way it was meant to be? This is kind of a step-by-step -step way of doing that. This John really kind of breaks it down for us here. The first step to being saved, the first step of, of having a relationship with Jesus, of getting back, we've rebelled against him, the first step of, of getting back together with Jesus is to admit that we've sinned. It's to admit that this is us. We are the rebels. We've rebelled against God. And John makes it very, very clear here that everybody has sinned. I mean, he's very strong. If you don't agree to that, you're a liar. You, you make him out to be a liar. You say God is a liar. Everybody has sinned. So he's gonna have some strong statements throughout his book. It's important to remember this. This humbles all of us, doesn't it? It puts us all in the same boat. It's not about being perfect. It's not about earning your salvation. It's not about doing more and more and more to, to, to earn God's approval. We've all sinned. We're all messed up. We all need a savior. Step two of being saved, step two of entering into a relationship with Jesus, we find in verse nine. We confess our sins. We ask for forgiveness and he's faithful and just, he will forgive our sins. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. This is how we receive life. This is how we receive that light. This is that water soaking in us. Now, what we find in my table, my table's not big enough for this, okay? So we're gonna move some things around here. Here's our rebellion. Still got the silly putty, middle finger up. And uh, God's here. This is our communion table. Jesus came from heaven, 
God the Father, creator of the universe, holy trinity, living just fine in heaven. God says, I'm gonna come down and save them. They rebelled against me. They don't deserve to be saved, but I love them. I can't help but love them. John's gonna tell us later, because God is love. And this is what love does. This is what love does. Jesus comes down between us and God. Jesus is God. And this is what fixes things. And we're gonna get to that in the last couple of verses. Well, it's the first few verses of chapter two, the last couple of verses of this section. So we'll come back to that. But this is how we receive life. This is how we receive light. We invite you to receive this today if you never have. All right, so I have a picture of a little flower bouquet here, and it's just to lead into the next section. Um, and we're gonna, we, we, we may leave this around on our first John series. Uh, John says a lot of things that are strong. Sometimes it feels like they might contradict themselves. Uh, the way a flower bouquet works is in here I have daisies. That's one type of flower. Pull it out here if I can. I have roses. A daisy is not a rose. A rose is not a daisy. Mind-blowing, Kyle. You put them together, you have a bouquet. Okay? So two things that can be contrasting come together to create one whole message. All right? So this is a picture I want you to have as we look at verse 1 of chapter 2. John says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. John does not want you to sin. He doesn't want you to be in the darkness. He's very clear about that. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So here in verse 1, John is clear that the purpose of being forgiven is not to go sin all you want. Okay? The purpose of being forgiven is not to go sin all you want. That's very clear. Because sometimes we get this message of grace from the Bible and we think, oh great, I'm forgiven. I can go sin all I want. John is very clear that that is not true. But he's also very clear that when we sin, we have an advocate. Jesus is the advocate. An advocate stands between the accused and the accuser. The advocate stands between the judge and the accused and says, I will represent the accused. So God is holy. He can't be in the presence of sin. He can't be in our presence. But guess what? Jesus is God, and he's holy, and he took on your sins and my sins and the sins of the world upon his shoulders. When verse 2 says he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, that's what it means. He took our place. He took our place, not only for our sins, but the sins of the whole world. He takes our place. He takes our punishment upon himself. The reason that the sponge can re-enter God's love, the reason that rebellious humanity 
can be back into fellowship with God the creator is because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus, it's because of Jesus, it's because of Jesus. So, we're gonna take communion here in a moment. We take communion every week at uh, Mosaic, and it's, it's a reminder to us of what Jesus has done on our behalf. It's a reminder to us that he is our advocate. And as we go through the series in 1 John, I want it to be your reminder to jump back into fellowship with God, to jump back into his love, that he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. Yes, we're going to go out from here. We're gonna drip Jesus. I pray today at our cookout after church that we drip Jesus. I pray that some neighbors come out some people we've invited come out and we get to drip Jesus. But when we come to the table of communion, we rem we're reminded that we need Jesus. <laughs> we're reminded that he is the life, that he is the light, and he loves you, and he loves you, and he loves you. So at this time, uh, we're gonna, Q, can, why don't you come back up? Q's just gonna play a little music in the background. Um, we're gonna have an invitation to you to receive communion. We're also going to have our prayer team uh, ready to, to pray with you. And so uh, Darby is gonna be ready to pray back in this corner. Uh, Lucero is gonna be ready to pray over on this side uh, of the gym. If you'd like to pray with somebody during this communion time and during our next worship song, they will be available. Um, I will serve you communion from the front, some instructions for those of you that are new. We have two ways you can take communion. One is here at the front. Uh, we will give you a piece of bread and there is a, a bowl of grape juice uh, and, and you will dunk that bread into the bowl and then you eat it when you're ready. You eat it when you're ready. Over under that basketball hoop, we also have some self-enclosed communion cups. Uh, if you would like a socially distanced way of taking communion, we totally honor and respect that and we have those available for you. But this is a time for you to remember Christ if you're a follower of Jesus. Come at your own pace. Come when you're ready. You can eat and drink uh, at your own pace and when you are ready. And our prayer team is ready uh, to pray with you as well. Uh, once everyone has had an opportunity to take communion, our praise team uh, will rejoin us and lead us in a, a closing song uh, of worship. So let me pray, and then I will invite you um, to the communion table. God, we love you. We are so thankful for you. Jesus, you are our advocate. We need an advocate. <laughs> We're so messed up in our sins. We've all sinned, and anyone who says they've never sinned is a liar. We thank you that in our rebellion, you looked at us and said, I can't help but love those people. I can't help but love them and, and, and bring them back to me. That you've adopted us as your sons and daughters, those of us that follow Jesus, your children. We are so thankful. As we come to the table today to remember Jesus, your body broken for us, your blood shed for us. May we saturate in it. May we savor it. May we soak in it. And may we leave from this place dripping Jesus. Wherever you send us, Lord, we say yes to you. And when we feel weak, we can't do it. The sponge feels dry. 
we lean into your strength. We need your help. Thank you for loving us. Pour your love onto us. Pour it more and more and more and more of your love onto us, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.